Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Okay, and we're live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Seller Roundtable Extra Session. I'm here with my friend, Shelly Simone. She's amazing, and she runs a group called Scale for E-Tail um, out of the UK, and they're just a wonderful group of sellers. They help each other a lot, and I've been um, on in their group before, and um, they're just really great people, and so Shelly's here today to tell us a little bit more about the Brexit stuff, because I think there's a lot of stuff going on with Brexit and we aren't really sure like how that's going to be navigated. So Shelly's going to help us out with that. But before we get into that, Shelly, just tell us a little bit more about you and your story in e-commerce. Cool. Well, first of all, thanks for uh, having me on your show. It's a real pleasure. Uh, I actually don't do much speaking myself, even though I have so many speakers who do come to the Scale for Retail community and enlighten us and teach us. Um, so it's quite uh, odd to be in the speaker chair, <laughs> but also very nice because um, I do love doing it and I do love helping people. And actually, that's where the Scale for Retail group, uh, you know, came out of that that desire to form a community to be part of something bigger than just my desk my computer and my amazon seller central uh i i really i, I know really the feeling it. i know the feeling it's like i'm all alone I know. It's just, and seller support is not very friendly <laughs> no don't go there for friendship um, <laughs> Um, but you do when you first start. I mean, I um, I'll go back and talk about my story in a minute. But um, when you first start doing this kind of job and working from home, uh, I, I bet all those people who are now working from home really understand uh, the psychological kind of tunnel that you end up going into. Um, and it does. It feels quite insular and you become less extrovert. Um, and you do sometimes feel like there is not many other people out there like you. <laughs> and, uh, and you do wonder what it might be like to do something normal, like go to an office again <laughs> or, or work with other people. So I think it's important uh, that if you're doing this kind of entrepreneur lifestyle, uh, that you surround yourself with uh, people who won't stress you out and are friendly, uh, you know, and are going to help you. Uh, and actually, it's a constant learning. Uh, I, I often find actually that I, I still don't know everything that there is to know, even though I've been doing this since 2015. And I always say every year on Amazon feels like a dog year, it feels like I've lived seven years of my life. Um, oh, that's so true. It yeah, is, isn't it? I've been yeah. doing it since 2007. And I still like, you know, I always have people in my groups that I'll say, yeah, I think it's this way. And somebody else will say, no, Amy, actually, it's like this. And I'm like, oh, well, thank you for sharing because things change so fast. You know, you can't possibly know everything. You can't possibly have every answer. And, you know, and Amazon just Amazon makes the rules, right? So, <laughs> so sure. all we can do is just go along for the ride and try to keep each other informed, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and it doesn't matter whether it's Amazon or whether it's Facebook or indeed whether it might be Google. 
um, that's that's uh, thrown a little spanner in your works on that particular day. If we don't club together, uh, I believe anyway, there's absolutely no way that we're going to succeed as, you know, single um, or maybe small entrepreneurial businesses. And when you first start out, it does feel very singular. Um, anyway, so my story, I started um, out in life having a very international lifestyle, as, as we talked about uh, privately earlier. So I'm, I'm a Brit by birth, uh, but I've by the time I was 18, I'd lived on three continents. Uh, I was brought up in Hong Kong, Singapore, and Israel, oddly. Uh, not my choice, by the way. I just obviously had parents who took me around the world. And, <laughs> and so I guess that makes me quite internationally orientated. And for the rest of my working life, uh, I've been quite the traveler. Uh, you know, I never really enjoyed working in one country. I always had to work in about between five and seven. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I enjoyed uh, working for big companies mainly for uh, quite a bit of my early life. And, um, and I used to travel and cover, have responsibilities for multiple countries. And I speak French and obviously I speak Hebrew. Um, and uh, understand German. So it's all very uh, kind of par for the course for me, actually, to feel like I'm more of a European. Uh, but, but obviously Brexit means that we're breaking up and having a divorce. <laughs> and so yeah, we've got so to figure out what to do, right? And, and for those people that are kind of unfamiliar with kind of the background behind this and you know i would do it i've lived in europe and i would do a terrible job of explaining brexit so maybe since you have a little more background there and you currently live in the uk maybe you can explain a little bit what does that mean what is brexit yeah it's a really good question so um back in 2016 the uk government uh, well one of the political parties in particular in the uk uh, was going through a, a kind of navel gazing exercise uh, and really asking uh, itself whether we should be in Europe. And they decided to put that question to the population in a referendum. And they basically said, do you want to stay in Europe? Yes or no. Um, and a whole ton of people, and there was a big campaign for it, obviously, said, no, nah, we don't like it. Um, <laughs> I don't know how many of them were business people, if I'm totally honest, um, because if they were, they might have realized um, quite what's about to happen to us in January. But effectively, what that meant was that we were going to no longer be part of a, a European Union. I mean, it would almost be like one of the American states having a referendum and saying, no, thank you, we don't want to be part of the United States. Yeah, so, so for example, when I lived in Germany, um, you know, in Europe, you can drive, like I could drive 45 minutes right. and be in Paris, right? Right. And I could use the Euro wherever I went. So I could right. take that same money and I could drive another 30 minutes in another direction and be in Trier and another 30 minutes and be in Belgium. And you're going to all these different small countries and you can use the same currency. 
So when you have to stop and get gas at the gas station or when you have to stop and pick up food, you're not having to change your money constantly, right? Um, It would be like, like you said, the equivalent of me coming here to Texas from Oklahoma and suddenly going to the store and they don't accept my money. And like, wait, right. where, where am I? Am I in the United States? And in Europe, everybody was using the Euro. And now when we go to the UK, we're not going to be able to use the Euro anymore. Is well, that that you've means? never been able uh, to use the Euro in the UK. So we've always okay. been a little bit exceptionalist. Because <laughs> we're an island. Um, mm-hmm. So I, it's a bit more like Hawaii versus the mainland, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would make sense for Hawaii to have their own currency, honestly. <laughs> Everything's um, so expensive over there, anyway. <laughs> so, uh, so we've never we've never actually integrated completely with Europe. We've always been slightly schizophrenic as a nation, probably, uh, with the idea of being, you know lumped together with that great big continent because we've always had a sea between us and them and uh so we've never taken on the euro and actually um we've we've never allowed people to enter into the uk without a passport either um that was part of the schengen agreement so we opted out of a few things um and and now we're opting out of everything and what that means um everything i mean absolutely everything um and and as you can imagine there's quite a lot of turmoil and worry and concern and a whole bunch of stuff that hasn't even begun to be figured out let alone by governments um especially for business owners that currently can operate throughout europe i know a lot of people signed up for amazon they would do it through the UK, they would establish their business in the UK, and then they were able to just kind of go everywhere else from there. Right. Is that going to change now? All those people that have businesses in the UK, are they still going to be able to sell in the rest of Europe? Or are they going to have to establish new businesses? That sounds Uh, really... Probably is the answer. Uh, So... So the honest answer is we've broken up, but we haven't signed a trade deal with Europe, which was meant to be the way that we were going to smooth over a lot of the friction and the rough edges that would occur from a breakup. Um, And because that trade deal hasn't been signed, that means that we are going for a very hard kind of uh, what they call a hard Brexit, which means it's a hard exit from the rest of Europe. Um, now, there is a tiny, minute possibility that between now and the 1st of January, a trade deal will come will come out and uh, will hopefully help everyone. But here we are in the middle of October and the signs are that's not going to happen. Um, okay. And it's very hard for me not to get into the politics of this. So I'm trying not to. Um, right. I'm, try- I'm trying to sound as Switzerland and as neutral as I possibly can. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, we won't ask you how you personally feel about all of this. <laughs> right. Thank you. Yeah, because I wouldn't want that to go down in history. Um, but <laughs> but it's obviously going to cause us quite a few problems. So 
if you're a British business or even if you're an American business and many American businesses use the UK as the launch pad, why not? It's easy. We speak the same language, more or less. Um, we uh, <laughs> we yeah, have I a know. lot in common. Um, yeah. So, and that was the original uh, the original recommendation for anyone right. going to Europe was to establish in the UK because yes. you could set up your VAT and all of that first and then everything. It was just like, OK, and then from there is Launchpad. From there, you list in Germany and Italy and right. Spain and everywhere else. So, yeah, what? Yeah, so there are two Walk ways us through this. Yeah. So there are two ways that you you currently up until December are able to sell in Europe um, if you go through a UK company. You can either store all your inventory in the UK and use what's called the European Fulfillment Network, EFN for short. And that means that Amazon takes your inventory out of the UK and ships it to the customer when there's an order. Um, and that's a bit more expensive. Um, Amazon charge you a little bit more because as you can imagine they have to ship every single item to the end destination to the customer and so that costs a little bit more and um, the UK is not as centralized as some of the other right. areas yeah. in Europe right Correct. if you were in like Germany you would be kind of central to okay interesting yeah you'd be bang in the middle of where Europe is and don't forget Europe isn't just the main countries where you list, which these days also include Sweden and the Netherlands. Uh, but initially yeah. it was just the five, right? It was Germany, Spain, Italy, UK, and France. Um, it also, but through the European uh, network, you also end up shipping to 27 other countries. So when you're shipping to German customers, actually you're covering what they call DACH, which is Germany, Switzerland, Belgium, and Luxembourg. Um, I think that's what DACH stands for. Um, so, you know, and when you're in France, you're probably doing a couple of other countries and the same for Spain and the same for Italy. Um, and those countries might even feed into places like Cyprus or Malta or, you know, countries that are much more remote and small, uh, right. but you're able to reach them through those other countries. So. By using EFN and basing all your inventory in the UK, that's good. It, it helps you to develop your business in all those other countries, and it's a good place to start. And for some people like myself, I've never gone beyond EFN, partly because my sales in, in like Italy or Spain, to be precise, they're a lot smaller than they are in Germany. And so I don't really want to be having my inventory um, in in Spain. There's just not much point for the small amount of sales that I do on a monthly basis. So that's so that's why people use EFN. The other mechanism that you can use is Pan EU FBA, where essentially you allow Amazon to ship it to any warehouse that they want in the Amazon network. And you do that when you're ready, uh, you know, to have those levels of inventory in Spain or in Italy or in some of the smaller countries because your sales are significant and substantial. And with that, uh, whilst it's cheaper and you can access Prime a lot more easily, 
Um, but with that comes the need to register for VAT in seven countries, which is like a bit of a drag. Um, <laughs> so, okay. so the difference between EFN, which is the European Fulfillment Network, is you register only in the UK Correct. and you put your inventory there and then you're able to then list and they'll fulfill it everywhere yeah. else. Yeah. But if you're doing pan EU FBA, you can still ship anywhere in the network, but you have to register individually for VAT in each country. Correct. Because you're essentially storing your inventory in each. Well, Amazon does it for you. And Amazon will not only store, by the way, in those five countries, but they also store inventory in Poland and the Czech Republic. So the well difference is your inventory is also scattered yeah. with Pan EU, yeah. where yeah. with EFN, your inventory is in one place and Amazon right. sending it out. So it's kind of like NARF in the US where we can keep our um, inventory in US fulfillment centers. And if we sell in Canada right. or Mexico, Amazon will ship it for us. Or right. we can do, we can send our inventory to Canada fulfillment centers and they will fulfill it from there. The costs are a little bit different, right? Because right. the fulfillment charges are different depending on shipping costs and everything else. Right. But that's the difference. So you have both of these options, Pan EU right. or EFN. Pan EU means like your inventory is more centrally located to that country. And Correct. EFN means I'm leaving my inventory in the UK and it's getting fulfilled everywhere else. Correct. So none of that is going to be really possible using a UK business going forward. Uh, and let me let me break that down a little because that sounds yeah, shocking, that sounds it? really scary. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh yes. my goodness. Okay. So oh, none yes. of it's going to be possible going forward potentially. Well, so what, what, well, number one, Amazon have already notified everyone that they are shutting down the pan EU program from the UK um, on, you know, the whatever of December, it will no longer be running. Uh, so you can still be a pan EU FBA seller but you're going to have to find a way to ship your inventory to France, Germany, Italy, or Spain, and do your pan EU from there. Okay, because you're going to have to remove, if you have inventory in the correct. UK as your centralized, so if I'm shipping from my supplier in China yes. to UK right now, yeah. I'm since the UK pan EU is being shut down, I can't then forward that inventory Correct. to the other fulfillment centers. So Correct. now I'm going to have to switch to a different hub. I'm going to have to go to Germany or something like right. that so that I can then move my stuff to the different fulfillment centers. Correct. Uh, I mean, you, you still will ship to the UK for your UK customers, but that's it. That's all you will reach. You can't store the rest of your inventory there to, to fulfill throughout Europe, which is a pretty... Big, big change. change. Yeah. 
And did Amazon say they were setting up an alternate location? Is there going to, are they moving to Germany or what? Switzerland would be the obvious well, choice. If, if, you're <laughs> EFN, if you're doing EFN like I am, you can choose where to, or indeed Panny UFBA, you can choose where to send your inventory to. So in my case, I will probably send it to Germany because that's my biggest European country outside of the UK. And it makes sense for me to store most of it there because it only ever goes to Italy or France or Germany. Very little in Spain. Nothing in the Netherlands right now, really, to speak of. And Sweden hasn't got off the ground <laughs> either. So I'm sticking with Germany. So you can choose to do that. You can say, hey, my biggest country is X. I'm going to send it to X instead. And you will be able to do, I think, um EFN from there for sure and I think you will be able to do Panny UFBA but that's the bit where Amazon haven't quite communicated how they're going to manage that part of the transition and as you can imagine even for Amazon let alone for us uh, this is very difficult because of the political wranglings that have been going mm -hmm. on between uh, the two sides it's a bad divorce basically so there's um, a good chance that a lot of people at the first of the year may still have inventory in. Okay, let me talk about solutions. Okay. Because uh, I think there are some, and this is the moment to, to pluck up the courage to go and deal with this issue and address it. Now, you could try and find a way to do it with your UK company, and many of my UK uh, compatriots on Amazon who are doing Panny UFBA find my solution really difficult. And so they're desperately trying to find a way around it whilst maintaining a UK company with all their, with all their European VAT rate. Look, you can imagine if they've registered for VAT in seven countries oh, and they're doing the Panny U out of the UK, it's a real it's problem. It's so them. expensive too. Like to... it, it is, it's expensive and, um, and how, the record keeping sounds like a nightmare. I mean, oh, it is. It's, you're going to have to mean, do taxes be, and all that. And you, you've got to be doing, you know, at least, uh, I guess, 10,000 units a year per country. And, and I won't even get on to how the IPI score hits you in every single one of those territories. If God forbid, Amazon have decided to dump too much inventory in one country. Uh, or, you know, you have a listing disaster in France and you've got all your inventory there and then your IPI score goes down. Then you've got problems with even being able to sell in that particular. Anyway, so it's a bit of a nightmare and it requires quite a bit of, you know, size and dimension to your company to be able to operate on the PAN-EU program. But um and, and so there are lots of people trying to figure out what to do. And I decided not to go down that path. It's partly because my business, you know, isn't terribly large. I have two high six-figure businesses and a third one with scale for retail. But honestly, I just, I don't have massive teams. I don't have lots of resources. And I decided to be a bit like water and just find the quickest way through this. Um <laughs> And, uh, and I kind of did. So my solution is that I, uh, 
I have found a way to set up a European company really quickly and expeditiously, which means that I can continue to um, operate on the continent of Europe as if I was a European, even though I'm clearly a Brit, and um, and and just kind of decouple the the UK stuff from the European stuff, and everything will be going through my European company. Um, and the way to do that is uh, there's a wonderful country called Estonia, um, which have set up a program for entrepreneurs so that you can become a digital citizen, as they call it. And that means that once you become a digital citizen, which, by the way, takes four weeks, you can then set up your European company in Estonia and that then allows you to set up your VAT in any country that you like. You could go for Estonia, but if you're never going to do anything with Estonia, the best thing to do is to pick the country where you want to send your inventory to. So once again, in my case, I'm going to pick Germany. Uh, so now I have two VAT registrations, one in the UK and one in Germany for the European stuff. Um there is also a little wheeze that I've discovered <laughs> uh, about how you ship your inventory. So now, from now on, like my next order from China, which is coming in on the 4th of January, a portion of that is going to Germany and a portion will be going to the UK under two separate companies. And hopefully my supplier won't be too schizophrenic with that solution because I've explained it to him. Um, so the bit that's going into Germany will ship from, you know, my Estonian, uh, they call, they're limited there. So it's, it'll be Estonia OU kind of company, which will be VAT registered in Germany and uh, which I will use Germany as my hub from which to do my European fulfillment network sales. Um, and in some ways, and actually, I will probably clear, customs clear my inventory through, through a third country because that allows you to not have to pay import VAT in Germany if you clear it through France or Belgium or Netherlands or any other country in Europe. So can we repeat that? That seemed like a key <laughs> yeah. thing. That, so... That's a little trick I've just discovered. <laughs> So, so what is the trick there where you're able to? So you ship it to the country you want to put it in, but you do customs clearance through an, another European country. Um, and that way you avoid the import VAT. I mean, at the end of the day, VAT, which is like sales tax, when you import into a country, you have to pay the VAT usually, right. and then it comes off your sales. So it's neither here nor there. You will get the money back eventually. But from a cash flow perspective, if you can avoid paying it up front, <laughs> then it's, it's almost better, isn't it? Um, so that's the extra little tip that I've just discovered. Because as you can imagine, I'm having to speak to all sorts of German and English freight forwarders and warehouses to try and find the ultimate solution, um, as well as company formation experts 
and accountants in Estonia. But let me go back to Estonia for a moment. So the other, so what's really cool is you do, and everything you do with Estonia is online. And um, I'm going to show this to you, actually. And once you've become a citizen, they give you this little package here. Okay. And, oh. um, and in there, sorry, I'm just going to have to. A digital citizen, once you become a digital yeah, citizen. Yeah, a digital citizen. <laughs> you get your digital ID card here. Oh, wow, everything... it looks like a credit card. <laughs> yes, I know. And, um, and everything you do with the card, you simply slip it into this, plug it into your computer, and that gives you a digital signature. It's really neat. It's ever so good. Um, okay. And it, and it took like I said, about three, four weeks to apply online and get my digital signature. Um, and But the company that I'm dealing with in forming, you know, getting all the bureaucracy done, um, that literally took a week or 10 days, not very long at all. Um, so I have now a company, an Estonian company, <laughs> I need to get a bank account for it next. And then so the you're back. still keeping. So in short, you're still yeah. keeping your UK company. Yeah. And anything that you do in the UK will still fall under that company. Right. But everything else that you do in the rest of Europe is going to fall under your new entity. And Correct. you're just going to change your fulfillment hub to Correct. Germany instead for EFN instead of out of the UK. So that's your solution that you've come up with that yeah. is working well for you. Thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.